Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Broadway Talks, where I sit down with Broadway stars and discuss the magic that is theater. In this episode, the extremely special guest we have is Kabir Berry, who is currently starring in Mean Girls Tour as Kevin Napoor. Hi, Kabir. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> good. Good. Water productions, including In the Heights, You're in Town, and of course, Mean Girls. Yeah. So how did you actually go about of booking the job of playing Kevin on tour? So I was very new to the, the New York audition game, and um, I had just booked my agent about six or seven months before, um, before booking Mean Girls. Uh, I, I just had a conservatory performance for Strasbourg, for Lee Strasbourg, and um, we were just, it was like the graduation performance. And, um, and, she, and Renee, my agent, she came to see it. You know, she liked me and she said, let's, you know, let's have a meeting uh, next week or something like that. And, and I get a call on June 21st, which is like my birth, which is my birthday. And, and it's Joe, who's, who's Renee's, you know, right-hand man. And he says, hey, this is Joe from About Artists. And I said, hey, Joe, what's up? And it's like, hey, Renee would love to meet with you. And, um, you know, how's, how's four o'clock tomorrow? And I had plans to go home to Nashville for the summer. And so okay. I canceled my plans. It was a road trip with my buddies. All my friends okay. from Nashville were up, up in Jersey with me. And, uh, and I just canceled that trip and just extended it more so. <laughs> and I went to meet with Renee on my birthday, like that day that I got the call. And they, they signed me and, and uh, I went home, came back, did a show, uh, just like a regional type of thing. And then a few months later, I get this breakdown on my email um, and it says, casting for Mean Girls and for the role of Kevin G. And I didn't even, honestly, I didn't know that Mean Girls was a musical at that point because I was, so, okay. I was just in school. I was, you know, focusing on school. I really wasn't in, yeah. in touch with the Broadway season and what was going on because I was just so focused on like, you know, graduating, getting my monologues, like getting an agent, you know, I had so much going on. And so I saw the Mean Girls was thing. I was like, wow, oh, Mean Girls, what a, an iconic movie, right? Um, so I said, yeah. yeah, of course I'll audition for this. You know, I'm, I, I don't say no to auditions. Very rarely less. If, 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 there has to be something really, really, really wrong. Or like, I, I just can't make it. And my, my leg is broken or something. I'm going to actually say no to an audition. So I, um, I went in and the first audition, I, I just, we, I did Whose House Is This? And I did uh, a scene. And so for those of you who are listening and don't know whose house is this, is a huge breakdance number um, in the show. So just if anyone's listening and doesn't know. And yeah. that's kind of Kevin G's main song. Yeah. Right? Along, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like at the top of Act 2, and it's, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy number. Um, yeah. But I, I went and I just did the first, you know, first minute of that song. And um, uh, the casting director, um, she said, yeah, it goes great next time you come in just have a little bit more fun with it you know use the space more you know as as casting directors say they always you know, they have to give you a note even if you have a perfect audition they'll give you a note not saying that i had a perfect audition i'm just saying like for future roles. always yeah yeah so so um i got out of the audition room i felt so defeated i thought that i bombed it i thought i did a terrible job I was like, man she won't like next time they call me and that means like next time they have auditions and like that the round of auditions you know and all this stuff and so I called my agency and I said, hey, so this is what happened. Um, what do you think this means? And they said, give me a callback, you idiot. <laughs> so, oh, so I was so like ecstatic like, about comprehend it was a callback at that point yeah, until no, your agent told you. Yeah, I thought next time they called me, and I really thought that they, they meant 
um, you know, like if, if we call you back for another audition. Oh, you meant like it was an if, but you didn't know it was like an yeah, actual thing. I thought you meant like in, in, like in a few months, if we have rounds again for, for auditions for Broadway or something like that, maybe we'll call you in again. But this time you didn't quite make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I guess. And uh, so that was, um, that was on a Monday. Then the next Monday I had another audition and this was with um, the associate director um, and some other people from production. And so I did the same thing, scene, same scene, same song. They just wanted to see me with more people, not just uh, casting. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought I did a good job on that one. Um, our associate director, uh, Casey Hushin, she, she was in there and she's the sweetest lady you will ever work with. She is such a treat to work with. Um, so yeah. And, and she, she was like, yeah, great. You know, uh, we'll see you soon. So that was another great, that, that was, that was something that I, I could tell, okay, they're going to mm-hmm. see, not, yeah. not, you know, so, so I, I go home, I call my agency, let, let them know what happened. I always like to touch base with them. So let them know what happened. They're like, all right, great. We'll, we'll get back to you if they get back to us. I said, great, cool. So I'm just chilling. I order Chinese food because like I treat myself after auditions. I like to like get some Chinese mm-hmm. food, some wings, something yeah. like So uh, like in a few hours, they call me back and they're like, hey, so they got back to us and they want to see you. Um, next Monday again for a dance call and then the following and that same Tuesday for the final call back and Tina Fey will be in the room. Oh, that's pressure. That's I, pressure. I, I, I cannot tell you how frozen I was now. I was like, oh God, oh God. I have to do a comedic role in front of like the, the comedy queen of, of comedy of, of everything, right? Exactly. Not even, and not just she's a comedy queen. She wrote she the wrote. original script exactly. for the Broadway show. She's just an absolute, you know, go greatest of all time, right? Yeah. So, so I go in for the for the dance call, and mind you, I'm not like a trained dancer. I, I I did show choir in high school, and then I did I can I did like just musical theater shows. So like that was my my high okay. my training. And they had me come in and do whose house is this at the ensemble call. I think I was the only. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I was the only person for the principal call that got called in that I saw that was there for the ensemble call, and so I had to learn the full ensemble call, which is like the the, the break dancing on the, on the floor and all this stuff, and I, I was overwhelmed. But I still like I just I I, um, I I got a studio next door to the studio we learned the audition, um in, I just rented that studio for like an hour, and I I grabbed just some practice people. practice yeah, yeah. Just practice. I grabbed some of the people. I was like, hey, dude. I really need your help. It was some, some people that learned it with me. I was like, could you, t- you seem like you learned it. Could you like help me learn it some more? And w- would it be okay if I just like, maybe film you for a second? And I don't know if you're supposed to or not film, film and stuff like that, but I was like, yeah. I have to book this out. <laughs> so, of course. so I just filmed that, that little piece. I just watched it, watched it, learned it, learned it. And um, Bethany, who, who was a casting agent, she said, hey, can you come back around 4 or 5 p.m. for the principal call? I said, yeah. Because they didn't even have me audition. In the, at the ensemble call, they just had me learn it. So I get to the oh, principal. okay. And at this point, my legs are cramping up. Like I'm so like tired. I danced for four hours straight learning this one minute. Um, oh, so you expected that they would call you back after and dance for the ensemble, but they just made you learn it, and then that was that. And then they called you for the principal yeah, call yeah, later. I, I thought they were calling me in just so that I can dance at the ensemble call, and and I'll just do that, right? Um, and then they'll call me back in like half an hour or so. I'll just wait, wait, wait next door. They'll call me back in. Um, but they didn't. As I was leaving, they said, hey, you can come back uh, around four or five. Is that okay? Like, can, can you do that for us? I said, absolutely. I'll come back at 10 p.m. if you want me to do whatever you want me to do. Of so, course. So, uh, so, yeah, I just, I just auditioned, um, rehearsed as much as I could, got it down as, as well as I could, and came back for the, the principal call, the principal dance call. And in the room was Casey Nicole, 
He was the director of choreographer. We had uh, John McInnes, who was the associate uh, choreographer. Uh, and, and, and he, John McInnes is an absolute tank and an absolute beast because he taught us the show in about three weeks, the whole, like all of Mean Girls in three weeks, wow. which is and no easy feat. Yeah. Not even close to Sometimes me. commercials, oh, like two-minute you know, I mean, commercials take three weeks to film and you took three weeks to learn an entire yeah. show. And it has to be at the level of the Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Broadway level, like absolutely. I mean, John was just, I mean, the, he did, he could do every dance just as well, if not better than everybody else. And, you know, he's been, he's been, he's been on Broadway like multiple times. He's an absolute, mm-hmm. like I said, absolute tank. Um, so yeah, Tina, and then Tina Fey was in the room. Um, it was just a bunch of, it was like basically the whole production team was in, in the room for the dance hall. And, and was like, that kind of like the principal and dance call? Was that for all roles or was it just Kevin G that day or, or how did that work? That was, for, that was for, as far as I could tell, because I, you know, I asked around, so yeah, what are you, what are you here for? You know, and this stuff and everybody's asking me and you know, people, you know, it's just like, you know, you converse with the people around you. You want to be as, yeah. as cordial and social um, yeah. because you seem like rude, you know, I, at least for me, you know, a lot, some, some people, they, they want to be in that zone and they don't want to talk to anybody. But for me, I, I like to be cordial and like say, Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? And all that stuff. So a lot of them or a couple of them were there, were there for Kevin G. A couple of them were there for Aaron Samuels and a couple of them were there for Damien. That's, that's the, the height of, I think that's okay. like, um, and yeah, I remember one of the, and I remember Adante who plays Aaron now with us, he was there. Um, and we actually hit it off pretty well. And I think, oh, cool. I think Eric Huffman who plays Damien with us was also there. So that was, it was okay. cool to see, um, and like look back. And I think we talked, we, you know, in the dressing rooms, we talk about, Hey, do you remember the dance call? We were, we were there. Oh yeah. Yeah. We thought, you know, all that stuff. So so yeah, we, we did the dance call. And what's funny is I learned the full like ensemble call, but they cut it to like the last 16 or, or like 32 bars or whatever of the song. And that was like, I don't want to say the easy part or like anything like that. I don't want to discount it, but that was not the break dancing part on the floor and like all the body okay. roll and like all that, all that stuff. So that was kind of like a, a relief because I yeah. was so exhausted at that point. Um, but it was, it was, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. And I, and I went out of that rehearsal feeling pretty good about it. And, and then Tuesday hit and that was the final callback. That was, you know, your last chance to just put it all out there. And again, I did the same thing, same whose house is this and same scene. And, uh, I went in, did it. I went out of the room. Bethany, our casting director called me back in. Hey, uh, could you come back in for a second? Uh, Casey wants to talk to you. I said, Casey wants to talk to you? Oh, the Casey Nicola. He's a Broadway like directing legend, basically. Yeah, absolutely, just and and a legendary person. He's such a such a nice person. All of our our entire team is just, was just so so sweet. It was I I really I was scared going into the Broadway experience. I was like, man, they're gonna be hardcore. And yeah, funny. but they weren't. They were just loving and caring and nurturing and uh, just took care of us. And that's so important, especially in the audition room, which is such a tense situation always. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you could, you could tell they weren't, although they were judging you, you but you didn't feel like they were judging, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like in that sense, yeah, they, yeah, were, I get it. You know, they were auditioning you obviously, but they, you didn't feel judged, which was a really good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But Cause I've heard that the mean girls audition process in general is just generally very, very tough and very intricate. Cause yeah. Like you're not just living up to the Broadway show, you're living up to the iconic movie that 
everyone in this generation basically knows and loves. Exactly. So they have to get casting like really, really right. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really, you, you can't tweak it too much with casting. You have to really hit it on the nail. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I went back in there and Casey was like, Hey, um, love what you're doing. Love what you're doing. And, <laughs> and he said, could you just do it? Uh, you know, like do this little tweak right here, do that little tweak right there. And let's do the scene again. I said, cool, let's do it. So I did it. He, he seemed to have liked it. I went back out again. And Bethany basically yanked me back in and said, hey, we need to talk to you one more, one more second. And I said, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, then it was a Jeff good Rich- sign, good sign. Yeah, good sign, right? You get called, like, calling in, calling in. So Jeff Richmond, he stops me and he says, um, hey, uh, do you sing? Because I hadn't sang at this point. I just rapped because who's asked this? Okay, cool. yeah. He said, do you sing? I said, yeah, of course I sing. Um, can, do you have 32 bars you can sing for us? I said, absolutely. Um, so I sang, uh, are you there from uh, the musical Bear? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, that was, that was a good experience. I, I worked with our MD um, at the time. And so she, that was fun. Um, and yeah, dude, I did that. I went back out again. And Beth at that point just chased me out. She didn't call me back in the room. She just chased me out and said, hey, uh, one more question. Are you in school still? Because I, I'm, I do have a bit of a baby face. So like, I, I, I totally you know, get that question. Yeah. And I said, I'm not... I, I just I just went to acting school and I graduated and I'm I'm ready for whatever schedule I may have to take over now. I did give her a little like tongue in cheek moment. And uh <laughs> and yeah, dude, the next couple of days went by. That was a Tuesday, it was the final call back on Friday. I got the call from my agency. Um I was I was watching a movie or something and my phone was on my on my coffee table and I saw that it said about artists and I said, This is a good thing. <laughs> I just could feel it picked up and the rest is history you know so yeah it was just insane I, I didn't sit down for five hours after that phone call i was just calling okay. my family you know just like crying walking yeah around my yeah i was just in yeah because it's like a big deal you know you're, yeah so were you yeah, um absolutely um yeah were you part of equity when you went to your audition because a lot of people who have been casting me and girls so far were not equity up till they booked the job right yeah, no, I wasn't actually. I I was completely non-union. Um, no, no SAG card, no AA card. I was fully non-union. Very fresh in in the in the sea of of actors in New York, um, having just gotten out of school. So so yeah, I didn't have any union membership or anything. My, I, I just luckily had an agency who had the connection to be able to you know get me an audition. That's like yeah. I think I was is about artists and Renee. Uh, because they're they're so gracious um, and so 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 sweet. Um, it was so, it was just a luck by chance thing. Right? I, I just yeah. was in, at the right place at the right time, and it happened for me. You know? Yeah, and I guess that's how it is with so much of the show business. It's just right place at right time. Does the director like you? Are you a good fit for the part? It's just so much depends on luck sure. most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many people. Um, that are just insanely talented, you know, sing better than anybody, dance it better than anybody, act better than anybody. But if, if you're just, if you're not right for the role or right for the casting in general, like just, because when, 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 when the casting are just looking at a show, they want to make the right pieces fit. It's like a puzzle. You know, it's not like, okay, just because this person's the best at this and this person's the best at that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be the best together. And that's how, that's really how casting works more than just looking at purely talent, you know, talent is a huge mm-hmm. part of it. And, what you bring to the table, how trained you are, all that stuff. But if you don't fit the puzzle pieces, then, you know, you'll just get cast in another thing. And yeah. not this one, you know? 
that's just that's that. This is my experience, at least. Yeah. So, um, Cheech Manohar, who plays Kevin G in the Broadway production of Mean Girls, have you ever interacted with him, or you know, taken guidance or whatever, like from him before the tour started? Yes, absolutely. Actually, when the press release went out that uh, of, of the cast and, and and everything for the tour, Cheech was, I think, the first person from the Broadway cast to reach out to me, and um, and he was just like, "Hey, man, welcome to the Chilled Up Crew." This and that, and, you know. It was on Instagram. And um, and it was so sweet. I saw because I saw his name pop up. I was like, oh, this is he. He played um, Kevin G on Broadway. I saw him on Broadway, and it was so sweet to talk to him. And he's he's been a very steady figure for me in terms of the Mean Girls family. Like we've, you know, it's not like we talk every day, but whenever we do talk, it's a very uh, warm feeling. And I I love I love getting to talk to Cheech. He's he's like a big bro to me. We we actually call each other big bro, little bro all the time. Yeah, because he's he's just such a such a good guy. He. He took me out to to lunch one day during rehearsals um, for for the tour, and it was just a great time. Whenever we talk, it's just it's like I've known him forever, you know. Yeah, that's always a good feeling. Definitely, definitely. So, did you go and see Mean Girls on Broadway before, or like during the audition process of the tour? Did you go and see the show? Yes, actually. So I had actually booked it. I hadn't seen it before. I booked it. I booked it. Okay. And because I honestly I don't like to see other people do the role that I'm auditioning for. I feel like then it'll. Mm-hmm. it'll I'll start to use that as inspiration. And I, I kind of want to yeah. just but as much as my own ideas and my own. Yeah, know, of course. And choices and all that stuff. So I, I didn't, I didn't want to see it before. Um, and then when I booked it, I, I, I actually called my agency and I said, Hey, is there any way to get a comp, like a comp ticket? To go see? Yeah. Now that I booked it, you know, and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll, well, I'll give the producers a call. We'll see what, what we can get done for you. So I said, cool, cool, just let me know. If not, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll go and get a ticket. Um, yeah. But, you know, Broadway ain't cheap. So, yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, yeah, I got, they gave me the comp. They were very sweet about it. They gave me the comp. I sat um, in, in the orchestra on the left side, a house left. And it was the first time I saw Cheech perform, perform the role. Uh, and luckily, I'd already made my choices on a lot of the, a lot of the script and a lot of the way I was going to take take the character okay so that's i was good. honestly purely just there to see the, see the choreography uh kind of note it down in my head see like how you know what i should be working on what are some key movements that i feel like would be difficult for me in studio and what i can work on at home this summer before re- rehearsal start so that when i get to studio i'm learning the blocking more than i'm learning the choreography um mm-hmm. that's kind of what i worked on but man do they make it look easy right i yeah. saw the show and i was like man this this looks it looks simple. This looks, this looks so so easy, but that's the, that's that's how Broadway fools you because they make it look so 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 easy because of, because they're so good at it. You know, they're such they're such amazing dancers. Um, you you go in there and you get out of that 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 house. You can get out of the office, Wilson, and you're just like, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, it's a, it's a piece of cake. Then when you go do yeah. it, wow, these kids are working hard every night. Eight shows a week is not a joke with this show, um, especially on tour, which you're doing because. Not only do you have a different venue every like three times a week or whatever, you're also traveling and getting used to a new hotel and you could get sick on the plane and so many different things. So I actually wanted to touch upon that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, is how do you do eight shows a week or however many you do on tour while adjusting to so many new environments at the same time? Um, so for that, there's no real straight answer for it, I think, because Eight shows a week is such a such a monster. Um, uh, I would say finding finding your constants on tour 
um, or you know, maybe whether that be your friends, whether that be a certain meal you like to prepare, you know, a certain thing you like to watch, like a TV show, something that makes you feel grounded and makes you feel like, okay, I'm okay. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things that are changing every single week or every other week, but I'm going to be fine. I, you know, these are my constants. Um, so just finding that and, and really preparing your body, keeping your body strong, keeping your body well-fed, uh, well-fueled. Um, you know, I would, I, I like to go to the gym, you know, during, during the show weeks. Um, but I don't, I keep it to a, 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 a light, moderate workout. I don't want to like go killing myself and then I can't do this show. You know, the show is my main priority at all times. So as long as, as long as the show is good and I'm, I'll be good for the show, I'm, I'm pretty much, um, pretty much set on whatever I do. Uh, but I do, I, I, I think I speak for everybody. We all, um, we all cater our days and our weeks and every moment of our day to, to the show, you know? How will this affect the show? How will this meal affect the show? How will this outing affect the show? So that's definitely that's definitely the, the best way to, to be prepared for a show. I was, like I said, I was so new to this and there were so many people in the cast that have toured before or have done Broadway before and have done this eight show a week, um, insane, insane thing that we do. And I just took, um, took note of what, how they take care of themselves. You know, I asked a lot of questions. That's one thing that I did from studio all the way up until even today. I, I ask, whenever I have a question in my mind, I don't hesitate to ask. I think the worst thing you can do as a performer is be scared to ask a question. They're really, it's very rarely you see, see a stupid question come out of your mouth or somebody treats you, you know, like you're stupid or anything. Everybody in, in the Broadway community is so loving um, and so welcoming. You know, if you're in, in a cast with, with some, a group of people, they're going to want to make the show as great as they can. So if you have a question about choreography, if you have a question about, hey, man, how can I take care of myself for these eight shows? Or, hey, how can I prepare myself for this number, for this, for this dance, this, this dance break? What can I do? Um, or, hey, what's that thing you do on stage in, 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 during the dance break? Like, that's really cool. Can I, like, can I, like, take an inspiration from that? Can I, can I try that out on stage myself? You know, things like that. Asking questions is, you know, make sure if you have a question, get it answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important with anything in any industry, you know, because if you don't understand it, you can't do it well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. But yeah, you could, the thing with here is, and with girls, it's such, there's so much, so many intertwining like tracks and, and there can be so many different entanglements um, that if you don't know what you're doing, you could seriously hurt yourself or somebody else, right? And that's why it's it, it can be so dangerous at times. Um, and that's why I think asking it, asking those questions is is key for safety and for you know a, a stellar show. Yeah. So I wanted to touch upon an earlier time in your life. We could say where this. Where did this love for theater and performing all begin? Hmm. I love this question. I love, I love talking about this topic. <laughs> um, so I was about, about seven or eight years old. And at this point, I was already in love with you know, watching movies. And the way I would bond with my dad would be we just watch movies together or like talk about movies. And, you know, if we went to the movie theater and, and came back from the movie, I would ride home with him if my mom came in a different car up from work or something. And I would, we would talk about, you know, what do you think about the movie, this and that. So my, my, my love for acting began with my love for movies and wanting to be in them. 
and when you're a kid, you can't really practice on film and you can't really practice on TV. You don't have those facilities yeah. in, in, in place. So the best way to do it is of course the stage, right? Um, and so I was in elementary school uh, <laughs> and there was this show called Coconut Island, spelled with two Ks, Coconut Island. And they were, they were casting for it. They asked everyone to raise their hand for the part that they wanted. And there was a part of Swampy the Pirate. Um, and I was like, that sounds like me. <laughs> At the time, I was like, I want to be Swampy. So I raised my hand and uh, the teacher, she said, great, come here, you'll, you'll be Swampy. And we did, we did the show. We learned it in about a, a month, I think. A month and a half. Because, you know, for, for eight years, so maybe a month and a half, two months, it took us to learn the show. By the yeah. fall or... Maybe the, maybe it was a spring. I don't remember exactly, but by then we had we had done it and we did it. We performed it at middle school, close to close to our school. And when I tell you, when I hit that stage, I was in love with with it all. I, I, it, it was that. It was. It sounds cliche, but it's so true. Like the minute I saw the audience and the minute they reacted to something I did, I, I couldn't. You know, stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop going back to it. And at this point, I thought I wanted to be a baseball player. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was still playing rec league, and I thought I was going to this major league baseball player. I was going to be, you know, on the on the Chicago Cubs or the New York Yankees or something. But that changed it all for me, um, for sure. That was this is what I really really want to do as a career, not just like oh I wish I could be an actor. No, like I'm going to be an actor. And I told my dad and my mom and. They thought I, they 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 always thought I was gonna be. They never pushed me in any direction. They just allowed me to float in whatever direction I I so choose. And I told them about acting, and they said, "Dude, of course you can be an actor. Do what you want to do in life." Yeah. For for your parents to say that is the biggest gift that you can receive. You know, support from from my family. I think I don't think I would be here without my family, without the support that my family has given me, and the love and care that they've given me. There's just no way. There's absolutely no way. And I remember actually when my, my dad saw In the Heights, uh, and that was one of the first few times that he'd seen me on stage after Coconut Island. He'd, he'd always been so busy um, with work and stuff and, you know, the, the hustle. <laughs> that he saw yeah. me in, in the Heights, and I saw him. He was sitting house left in the orchestra, just like I was sitting in Eagles, which is kind of, I just connected those two dots. Um, and I saw him tearing up the minute I started the first number. And then I almost started to choke up, but I was like, I have to do the show. I can't like start crying right now. Yeah. The show ended and I, I went to see my dad in the lobby and we like were bawling together. We were just crying so much together, just hugging each other. And we have a photo of that. And that, that moment was such a special moment for me. So yeah, yeah, support from my family um, really pushed me into where I am now. Uh, and, you know, was able, it's what caused me to be able to do what I do. So I'll never be able to thank them enough for that. And I I want to take this moment and and thank my mom and dad and my sister for always supporting me. And and that's nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So something that I've always found is a fun thing to talk about is in the audition room or on stage fails, just some things that have gone wrong that you just couldn't have controlled and, you don't know how to recover from it, but somehow you do. So what are some of those memorable moments for you that have happened? For the, the one that comes to mind immediately when you say that 
Well, I have two. Uh, ending of Mean Girls. So we can say on Mean Girls, you know, train. We were on we were at the ending of Mean Girls at do, around Do This Thing at the Mathletes competition. And we had two girls on stage and one guy on stage for the, from the Marymount team, uh, which is, you know, the opposing team against North Shore. And, uh, <laughs> and so my, my production stage manager, Peyton, she said, hey, so we, we're going to have to change the line, obviously, because one of the, you, you, we have to say, usually we, we, we say we pick the girl too, but now you have to say we picked that girl because there were two girls. So you have to specify, right? It's always specificity in, in theater. So you have to specify the, how will the audience know which girl you chose. And so in my mind, simple change, simple line change. Don't even think about it. It'll be fine. Don't even think about it. Um, <laughs> so we get up on stage. We, we get to the, the podiums, you know, our respective podiums. And, uh, and Shane Oman, oh, the guy, Blake, who plays Shane Oman, but also he's, he's one of the math. He's on Mary Mount. He says, we picked the girl. And then I am supposed to say, we picked that girl. However, this, this is what comes out of my mouth. We picked that girl. And I just stutter and stutter on that girl so hard. People on stage couldn't, were barely holding it together. Backstage, when I went off stage, people were like, what happened to you? Um, my PSM, she said, I gave you one job. I, you know, and we had to change one word. Yeah. So, um, and, and dude, when I tell you I messed that up so bad, you know, and I, I'm rapping and like all these fast raps and I'm like, fine, but then I have to change one word for this one like last scene that I'm in. And I just completely, fl- where I'm, I wasn't kicking yeah. myself after, I was just laughing at myself, you know, um, yeah. that, and then, and then one, one thing happened where, uh, where I was, I did, I do like this knee slide at the end of, at the end of Who's House, um, just for like the final button, I do this knee slide down to center stage. Um, and I don't know what happened to my knee pads or what, but they caught on the stage. They got caught on the stage and I kind of like stumbled forward and caught myself on my hands. So yeah, no, I was fine. I didn't, nothing happened, but it was just like, I just felt, cause I had friends in the audience and all this stuff. And this was in Philadelphia. And yeah. uh, I kind of played it off. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the stage, you know, uh, maybe my shoelace, I don't know what happened. But I, I, apparently nobody noticed it. Only I noticed it, as most flubs are. You know, most mess ups. Yeah. Honestly, as long as you don't act like it happened, no one's going to notice it. You know, even exactly. that. Half the time, as long as you stay in character, it's fine. Exactly. Even the the, the, the stutter thing. The guy, the, the, that that girl. Even that people. I got a couple of chuckles. I don't know if they were laughing at me or if they were laughing at the character. But I yeah. Got, I got yeah. So. Um, you know so now this is a question that i ask everyone but and it's a very vague question very open-ended but what is your dream role and i put that in quotes because like i said it's so open-ended you could say on stage off stage creative team film tv like you know whatever what is that one role that you want to play at least one time in your life it's a good question I, hmm. so it's, hmm. I love, I just love doing what I do. And I would say my dream job, one of my dream jobs, I have so many dream jobs. I've, I've been dreaming of, of being an actor for so long. You know, you, you accumulate all these dreams uh, mm-hmm. that you just hold in your back pocket. And 
uh, I would say right now, my, my biggest dream is to play, uh, play John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton in Hamilton mm-hmm. and Milestone Achievement yeah. to be a part of that show. Uh, so that for sure. And, and honestly, I want to, I want to carve a niche in, in TV and film. You know, I want to, I want to do some, some good work. Um, you know, maybe, you know, where, wherever I, I'm, I'm taken, wherever I'm, I'm led to. I really, I don't, I don't want to ask for too much because I feel like maybe there was something better for me in, in store. You know, maybe my destiny was something else. Yeah, of course. For something that, you know, it's like, it's if you ask for like a Ferrari and, 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 and in, in your, in your future was like a Rolls Royce or something. Like it's, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So I like to mm-hmm. just let things come. Just, I just hope and, and pray that, that whatever happens, happens uh, well and, you know, I, I like to keep that philosophy that don't ask for too much, you know, you'll be given what you deserve if, as long as mm-hmm. you work hard. That's, that's, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm so PC and politically correct. I, I truly, truly believe that. And that's really how I like to uh, lead my life with this type of stuff. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what are some of your most memorable experiences that you've had trying, like, to make it in the industry? Nothing like, it could be positive, negative. What are one of those experience of that experiences that you went through where you're like I'm gonna remember that for a long time hmm okay this was something that I don't consciously think about but I feel like now that you asked that question it kind of just popped back into my head um I was going in for this this audition for um just like this you know two-line you know role for a, a feature film and excuse me and I lived, I lived in, Jer- I've lived in Jersey for, for a while, while I was, you know, kind of auditioning in New York. So I had to catch the bus and go all the way to, I think, I think it was 20 East 23rd street or something like that. And I didn't have my bus pass on me or something along those lines. And so I, and I didn't have any cash on me. So I, I just realized that right as I got to the bus stop and I was already kind of, you know, cutting it close when I had to catch the bus. So I had to like sprint back to my house, get get my change or whatever to give them for the ticket. And then I got on the bus. Once we got to Port Authority, it was like a 20 minute ride to Port Authority from, from where I live in Jersey. And I had about 10 minutes until my audition slot. And from, and from Port Authority to like anywhere downtown, it's gonna take more than 10 minutes. So I mm-hmm. sprinted from, from my bus. I literally like cut people, like excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, in the bus just trying to get off the bus, sprinted in my, in my full, like, you know, jeans, suit, whatever I had on and like boots, not running shoes at all. <laughs> just sprinting <laughs> down Port Authority. And I mean, it's New York. So people just look at you weird and they're like, hey, it's normal. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't care who's looking at me. I'm just going. And somehow I made it within two minutes of spare of my call time. Wow. I was like, sweating. Luckily, I, I always wear clean clothes. I always wear clean clothes. So I was like drenched in sweat. I just got into the, re- the restroom, changed my clothes, fixed my hair a little bit, and was was there for like for the sign sheet to be, be like, all right, I was on time. I don't know how I did it because I got on my bus literally forty minutes before my audition slot, um, which is something I hate to do. I like to be there forty minutes. I like to be in New York at my audition about thirty minutes before my audition. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's always good in case they ever call you in early or, you know, whatever. Exactly. So it's exactly. better to be there than not. Absolutely. And so, so and I don't always 
kept the rule like be 15 minutes early because that's on time. 15 minutes early is always on time. On time is late and late is fired. That's how, yeah. that's how I've been taught and what I've looked at. It's yeah, I've heard so that a lot me, too. Being two minutes, early, yeah, dude, two minutes early is like scary to me. I don't want to deal with that. That's like, that, that'll mess up my audition. You know, I'll be too scared to even go in. So that's something that taught me that be even more careful. You think of being careful, you're not. You know, be as careful as you possibly can because you never know what happens in that big city. It's mm-hmm. such a big, yeah. it's such a, you know, volatile city. You never know when you could miss your audition because of a stupid thing as like forgetting your change or forgetting your, your bus ticket. It's, it's that yeah. small that can be you know, an opportunity for you. So final question. Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to go into the performing arts industry? Um, hmm. I'm so new myself <laughs> that I feel like yeah. So I that's like good because you much you know exactly what it's like for someone who's trying to, that's, you know, make it. So what true. is something that you say kind of helped you keep going? I think when what you got was was true. Like knowing what what got to the to to the point where you are today. You know, whether whether you're still aspiring to be an actor, whether you're still aspiring to be in New York, wherever you might be realize that the passion that got you there and that, that got you through those moments of like uncertainty and, and being scared and all that stuff, know that, that 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 passion needs to stay there. And if it's not there, you're not going to have a good time and you're probably not going to do, do, do much in this industry. If you don't have the passion to actually do it and stick around for it, you're probably not going to get far with it because then you're, then you're not going to have fun. And if you're not having fun with this industry, you're, it's, it's never going to be fulfilling for you. It's better to do something else. It truly is. And, and also working harder than anybody else in the room. Try to, like, don't ever think that you, because you have the combo down or because you have the song down or because you have the scene, the scene, the beat, the scene down, that you're, you're ready to go and you're perfect. You are never perfect. Nobody is ever perfect. I will never... I will stand by that until I die. <laughs> like you can achieve perfection. And, and if you feel that way, then, then you've already lost the game. You know, so definitely mm-hmm. just work hard, have fun. And I, I have a lot of cliches in my book of, of advice, but it's, they're so yeah, true. Yeah, but they're cliches because um, they're true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I truly believe that if you truly go after it with, with your full heart and, 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 and if you're ever down and, and don't and think you can't do it, know that you can as long as you put the, the minutes, seconds, the hours into it all. You know the days in, into into training and, and being prepared for everything. You know if if you're in, if you're in the rehearsal room and you don't learn the combo that day, go home, eat some freaking food, and 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 learn the uh, learn the combo and have it ready for the next day. You know don't ever be complacent because you got the job because that's how you don't get any job in the future, or that might be how you lose that job. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I would say. That's mm. great pieces of advice. Well, <laughs> that's a wrap. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kabir. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. So look out for future episodes airing every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.